Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's me. It's me. It's Lukey C. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're obviously going to talk about the Super Bowl. We've got a guest Lifelong Bengals fan, please introduce yourself. Yeah, it's me. It's uh, Luke Hopkins, also known as F1 Expert. Uh, but here to talk about my real true love, the Cincinnati Bengals. So we're lucky. Not only is Luke one of our two F1 experts that we bring on for the roundtable, but he's also, like he said, a lifelong Bengals fan, which gives him a very interesting perspective. So we wanted to bring him on the show. Luke Crocker tried to get a Rams fan, but uh, he trolls him on, on Twitter. So surprisingly, he didn't want to be on the show. So we only get one. He said, and I quote, I'm more of a podcast listener. <laughs> yes. Understandable. Yes, yes. All right. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl with Luke and Luke. We will talk a little bit about the journey that uh, we took to get here, and then we will move into some predictions, keys to the game. Uh, we'll make our MVP picks, and then our friend Luke Hopkins will drop off, and Luke and I will continue and talk about NBA trade deadline. Is everybody good? We ready? Let's roll. Let's go. Before we get into the show, a word from Bet Online. The big game is finally here, and BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot in 2022 with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and the UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how we got here. I... For one, and I'm sure everybody here can agree that preseason, I don't think any of us had the Bengals-Rams matchup in the Super Bowl. In fact, I went back and looked at the preseason at my over-under. I had the Bengals going 7-9. and nine. I had the Rams, I think, winning 11 games. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us had the expectation. Luke, I, I think Luke Hopkins – being the lifelong Bengals fan that you are, before we get into sort of the excitement about Sunday, which I have never experienced, nor probably will I ever, just take yourself back to the preseason, expectations for the Bengals, Burrow coming off of the knee injury, 
questions about the offensive line. Him and Chase were having issues. Jamar Chase was dropping the ball a lot in the preseason. Just kind of take yourself back and think about coming into this season, what your expectations were realistically, and you know how far they've come over the last 20 weeks or so. I think it'd be I'd be lying if I told you preseason I actually thought we'd make the playoffs. I know in some circles we were trendy like wild card borderline pick, but in a division with the Ravens who looked as, you know, bulletproof as they have in the regular season the last two years and you guys, the Browns, were coming off a strong playoff win. The only team I felt better than in the division was the Steelers. And so, yeah, you talked about the chase thing. Like, you know, it was a controversial pick at the time, taking him over Sewell and then he's dropping the ball in practice and the O-line is still terrible. That hasn't really been rectified. Um, Doesn't but, seem to matter very much. though. I, that, that may come I up later. I can't explain that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just, no, I didn't think there was any, I thought maybe there was an outside chance. At least we'd have a sweat in December. And so like I took kind of the last couple of years off, you know, trying to watch every game or listen to every game just because they were so bad, especially once Burrow was hurt last year. And this year I was like, no, I'm going to get invested again. But I didn't actually think like it's worth getting invested because this is going to be the best season of my life. So tell us about that. So you end up going 10 and seven. I mean, at that time you're going in, you got, you get a home playoff game against the Raiders. But at that time, before the playoffs actually started, you're not thinking this is the best season of my life, right? No, before the playoffs started, we've done this five times in the last 10 years, six times in the last like, yeah, a couple times with Andy Dalton, a couple times. I think AJ McCarron started a game for you guys. And then, uh, you know, going back to Carson Palmer, you like, did you like all those teams going into the playoffs better than, than this squad? Well, so the team that AJ McCarron started at quarterback, the one we lost to the Steelers because of Pac-Man and Tez Burfecht's fantastic self-control. That team I think was the best team in the AFC before Andy Dalton broke his thumb tackling i think cameron hayward after a stupid screen pass interception yeah, he stepped um, on his that, hand or something yeah yeah that team uh before dalton got hurt i thought they were going to make the super bowl but then we had aj mccarron and you know that was kind of out the window but no none of the other dalton teams that i feel really that good um about the palmer team when he got his knee submarined by van olenhoff and felt like they could do some things because they had palmer and henry and oh uh, sorry that was that might have been Ocho. Ocho might have been on that team, but they felt he was. He was okay. They felt that was like that was early in the game too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like the third play. Yeah, that's Palmer, okay. Palmer, it was like the third play of the game. Palmer completed like a forty-five yard bomb to Chris Henry, and both ah, of them that's right went out of the game immediately with injuries. And that was kind of John Kitna had to rescue us, which that's didn't right. go well. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. So. No, I didn't think this team was as good as the the 15 team, but with the starting quarterback, it probably was similar. But I didn't feel like we were going to you know, make the Super Bowl. I thought one playoff win was probably likely, even though I didn't want to admit it at the time, which was, again, was going to make it a banner year, so it didn't matter. The last two weeks, I never would have predicted. Yeah, like, going, into, and going into the Titans game, did you think that you guys were going to win that game? No. Um, I thought we had a good chance. I thought – it was the best matchup for us in the second round of what we could have gotten. But if you, you know, Derek Henry coming back, our defense is suspect. Our linebackers are thin. Wilson has come back full speed, but at that point he was still kind of looking like he was getting back into the game. Also, I didn't, I mean, the, from the Chiefs game week 17 and on, 
the second half defensive adjustments we've made have been absolutely ridiculous. And I don't, yeah. we weren't doing that all year either. So we talked about just that last week. Late gears. Yeah, big Lou. Yeah. They found some late gears to just unlock things that they hadn't been able to do a lot of the year. I mean, I don't know. They only got blown out. Well, once really by you guys, um, but they lost some games they shouldn't God. have and some like tough luck losses. So it just didn't feel like it was like that year, but then everything since really since uh, Brent Hundley got COVID and Josh Johnson started against us, everything has been breaking in our favor. I almost just threw up when you said that nobody blew us out except for you guys. That almost, that feels like seven years ago. Well, the Niners, the Niners beat, or I'm sorry, the Chargers beat you a few weeks after we did 41 to 22, but that's fair. Um, but I mean, I mean, let's go back. Let's go back to week nine real quick. Just what were you thinking after that week nine game when you lose to, to Cleveland in Cleveland? It looks like at that point, it looked like two teams going two different ways. It looked like Cleveland was going to get on track. You know, they beat a team that everyone really liked, um, especially the week before you, you lost to the Jets. And then you come in and you lose 41 to 60. What, what's going through your head at that point? Uh, a lot of really dark thoughts. Actually, games like that are why I don't have Twitter or Instagram or any social media accounts because the texts I was firing out to the chains I'm on were not happy. Some pretty rash thinking. I thought this team, I mean, I basically thought the season was over. Like, you know, we were, we've got promise. We can get better. But maybe Zach Taylor is holding this team back was honestly like where I was, which. Here's a, um, sort of a, a life hack anytime you feel yourself about to get out of control on twitter just go to at luke 330's timeline and it, it'll help you it'll help you you'll be like oh man maybe i maybe i shouldn't tweet that <laughs> chances are i probably already tweeted it and yeah yeah i love you buddy all right i i, I know we went back to week nine i want to i want to fast forward i want to go to the game two weeks ago I know that you two were watching the game together and Luke Hopkins last week, Luke Crocker indicated on the show that sort of it was a roller coaster and you were a mess. Very few people on this earth can talk about kind of what you experienced. I mean, you've got Patriots fans and, and things like that, that have experienced that kind of a playoff comeback in a big game, but there's not that many folks out there who have who have come back from a from a deficit that big. So talk about sort of first half, first quarter. I was watching the Team USA soccer game, so I I saw some highlights and things like that. So I didn't really see much of it, but just kind of talk about going down, going in at halftime, making the stop right before halftime. How did you feel going in, and then sort of at what point? through the second half as momentum started to change. Did you really feel like you guys had a chance to win that thing? Well, the first quarter, I mean, it was pretty bleak. <laughs> I went into the game just saying, like, this has been a crazy ride that no one expected, so whatever happens is gravy. And then the Chiefs started to blow us out, and I was like, well, this is what was going to happen. <laughs> so I was trying to stay upbeat, but really when I thought we could win is when we got the stop at the end of the half. Like, when we scored the screen pass touchdown – I thought, okay, we can, you know, we look like we're playing. Now let's figure this out. And then we stopped them before half, only down 11 at half. And knowing what we did to them literally three weeks earlier, I thought, okay, I mean, it's a, at least like a one in four shot at this point because we just did it. But things got a lot wilder in the second half. Um, when we, yeah, 
when we thought we had a chance to win is when we stopped them to start the second half, when they had the back-to-back possessions and it was like, yeah. it might be 35 to 10 before we get the ball back again. And it was still 21 to 10 after forcing us a uh, turnover or end of half and punt. That was when it's like, okay, we really might be able to do this. Uh, I still thought we were going to lose when the chiefs got the ball back with three minutes left, how we stopped them four plays from the five. I mean, I've watched all four plays dozens yeah. of times, yeah. but it's still amazing. That, they did that. You're saying you thought one in four chance At right half? around halftime? Yeah, probably. I mean, I that may be generous. It's like ninety eight percent, but win probability on uh, by rbsdm.com <laughs> for for Kansas City, which just goes to show you how crazy that game was. And if you remember, I don't know if you remember or not, but I was once saying, "Hey, you know, calm down." Like you're freaking out, as you should have been. But I'm like, "Look, you just did this to him a month ago." So uh, I was more fearing for my children's safety at that point. But, but yeah, I was tr- trying to keep you in the game there. Yeah, um, Ryan, I was um, told I had to cheer outside because I was scaring the children when we made big plays. So I had to run outside to, you know, start cursing in the air and screaming, let's go and all that good stuff. I can't really relate to it because when I watch my team play, I sit in silence and, and don't really move. I'm just – I'm I'm the opposite of what most people are familiar with. I want to ask you, you know, what do you think turned what was the biggest play in that game? Was it was it the the P Ryan? Was it kind of getting that touchdown in the at in, in the second quarter before the half? Was it the, the stop before the half? Was it the the defensive line interception? You know, what do you think kind of got it going? Probably the stop before the half. I mean, the defensive interception was huge, but like none of the rest of that I feel like happens if we don't make that statement going into half where it's like, okay, we're in a very manageable deficit. Down 18, them getting the ball is a lot. And if they have the swag, I mean, I know momentum is debatable how much of an effect it has, but still if that changes the mindsets. It changes the scheming. So I don't think any of the second half heroics happen if we don't stop Hill a yard short, 10 and a half. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I thought obviously the interception by the defensive line was huge. But when I went back and watched sort of the, um, the abbreviated version of the game where they just kind of show the plays really quickly, I mean, when you watch the first half sort of in rapid fire, the Bengals weren't doing anything. I thought that getting the ball to P. Ryan and him sort of, getting the yak and making that big play there to, to take it from what was it? 21, three to 21, 10. I thought that that was such an understated moment of that game. And I don't think a lot of people talked about it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just my take. And, and what I said last week, I mean, T Higgins to me was the most important player in the second half because a lot of those passes to to him that Burrow was throwing, even though Burrow made a lot of great plays. I mean, T Higgins was really putting his catch radius on full display, high catches behind, you know, behind him a little bit. And I just, I mean, T is there a more underrated good player in the NFL or, you know, maybe an underrated player on your team than T Higgins? Maybe Tyler Boyd, the other receiver. No. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. uh, Higgins is an absolute, monster yes he's had i mean he had so many big catches i mean chase gets the glitzy ones because he and burrow figure out 
when, you know, the defense is just not going to catch him. But Higgins just comes down with everything, which is such a nice thing to have. If you're going to be running for your life all the time, throwing the ball up with one eye looking behind you, having a receiver who's just going to come down with it is so nice. Yes. I mean, the receivers we have is a huge part of why the offense is so good. I mean, Burrow's a man, but he also has three could-be number one receivers out there. Plus, Joe Mixon's a great running back receiver. I mean, he just has fantastic guys catching the ball. He had that one-handed It's catch. nice to have a guy that's six foot four, two 250. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a guy that's six foot four, two 215 pounds, like just, you know, fast as hell, too, streaking down the sideline as your number two, yeah. you know, alongside a guy like Jamar Chase. So, Luke, one more question I want to ask you before we move to questions on the Rams for, for the both of you. An unbiased opinion is my statement that I'm about to make fair or foul. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the AFC and Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the AFC. Is that a fair statement or a foul statement? I'm going to go foul. I think it's too soon to say that. No! I don't want that to be true. But think about that year that like Joe Flacco was going to be the next big thing. I mean, he threw no picks in the playoffs and let him do Super Bowl. And, yeah, I mean, everyone knows he's elite, but he didn't do much <laughs> after that. So um, what you're saying so is I you just, you agree that Josh weird. Allen is the best quarterback in the AFC. Is that what you're saying? You just don't agree that Joe Burrow's second? Oh, yes, I think so. After seeing what we did to Mahomes twice in four weeks, I don't know if we can do that to Josh Allen. God, you're my favorite guest ever. Luke, you got any, any other questions before we move to the Rams? Let's go to the Rams. All right, so this is sort of a, a hypothetical, and I guess we'll let Luke Crocker answer you answer this first, and then we'll let the guests kind of come behind. I, I think that um, what the Rams have done, sort of trading away all of their first round picks, bringing in talent, being able to get Odell Beckham Jr. off the the you know off the street trading you know for Matt Stafford and all these guys do you think that this Rams formula is something that can be easily replicated or is this one of these like once in a lifetime things like there's just not a lot of opportunity in this short of a period of time to be able to get a shutdown corner premier pass rusher top 20 15 20 wide receiver in the NFL and you know a quarterback like Matthew Stafford yeah I think um I mean, obviously, I, I, it's viable. I don't know if it's easily easily replicable because, just for one, you know, I mean, I think we know my feelings on Matt Stafford. I don't think that he's, you know, in that that game changer group. But I think that he's good enough um, to get you to a Super Bowl. Obviously, he is. So for a guy like that to become available, it's just, it was just a very unique situation. I mean, they had to pay, they had to pay two first plus their quarter, their starting quarterback. You know, just to you know. They traded a first for for Matt Stafford and, and Jared Goff. Jared Goff and a first for Matt Stafford. And they traded an additional first for them to take that contract back from Goff. So, you know, it took a lot for them to do that. You know, the Jalen Ramsey trades obviously were very good. But, I mean, they, they've been doing this for a while now. Guys that aren't even on the team anymore. You know, Brandon Cooks, Marcus Peters, guys like that that have been traded for first-round picks that aren't there. I don't know if it's replicable in, in that sense. You can come across a guy like Von Miller for, I believe, it a third is what they end up trading for. Maybe it was a fourth or a conditional third. I can't remember, but um, I think it will become a third now that they made the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, I, it's just a stars and scrubs roster. 
it's really cool to see the way that these two teams are built. I mean, historically, the Bengals don't sign free agents. Um, they did spend some money this year for the first time in a long time on on free agents, but um, we haven't really seen this before, and it'll be interesting to see if teams start to go this route a little bit more. I, I just don't know how replicable it, it is in the future, but there is something to be said in trading draft picks for known quantities. Luke, your thoughts? I mean, it seems like it would be a replicable formula occasionally just because if you have the right mix of people that other, like, you know, big names want to play with where they rejuvenate their career and you have a certain amount of draft capital, I mean, it seems like a plausible and easier way to do things than just like stumbling onto Peyton Manning with the first pick of the draft or something like that. But it does take a certain amount of stars aligning, like Luke said, like getting Stafford. You could build all this around, but they still could be Jared Goff if the Lions didn't want to actively trade. I don't think you're going to see it again soon, but I think you could see like once a decade a super team like this being assembled or something like that. And I will say too, you know, the, the you know the saying in the NFL is not for long, right? NFL stands for not for long. The Rams don't have a first next year. They don't have a pick until uh, the third round next year, 2023. They have let's see, yeah, they don't have they have a pick in the second round. Uh, and then starting in 2024, they still have their, they have their own first uh, starting again in 2024. So, you know, it, it, we've seen teams like this get to the Super Bowl, and you're like, oh, okay, they're going to be here for a while. The Chiefs did it three years ago. Have they've made it back one time since? The Niners too, that same exact year, haven't been able to make it back since. Um, but those teams had picks. You know, the Niners just traded all theirs for Trey Lance. Kansas City still has theirs, but they haven't been able to make it back with those picks. So. Um, of course, they made horrible decisions, one of them drafting a running back in the first round, which we know is is the death knell, especially when he's not even the best running back in that class. But yeah, I, I don't know, you know, if you're willing to mortgage your future, which which they clearly are, I mean, this could be this could get dark for them for a while after, after this. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm just asking for a friend because I know my team needs three of those four things. We have the shutdown corner already, but the the wide receiver, the the pass rusher, and the uh, the quarterback is is something that uh, hey, we got the pass rusher, baby. Yeah, we need more. Okay, I don't, I don't want to make this about the Browns. This is about this is about the Bengals. This is about the Rams. So let's do a little bit of a comparison. Luke Hopkins, you go first here. Which unit? In this game, and let's get down into sort of like the individual units. Which unit do you think has the biggest advantage in this game? This makes me almost want to vomit to say, but the Rams defensive line, for sure. That one's a, pr- that one's a pretty easy one. I th- I feel like, um, you know, just just seeing just seeing what the, what the Titans did to him. Even the Chiefs got after him. I mean, we talked about it last week. You know, he was under pressure on that's this is Burrow was under pressure on forty percent of his dropbacks. And Chris Jones is really good. He's not Aaron Donald. You know, the rest of that front um, is just a lot better than than what the Chiefs are, uh, what the Titans are. So if he's able to do stuff like that, I mean, who knows? But but yeah, I definitely agree with Luke there. That's 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 a pretty big mismatch and probably the biggest one in the game. So I think that's an easy one. I'm gonna go a little bit outside of the box here, and I'm gonna say the the Rams wide receivers. I think that Eli Apple isn't somebody that I put a whole lot of faith in not to say for one second that the secondary of the Bengals can't step up and have a stretch like they did in the second half last week right but 
when Luke told me what Cooper Cup's numbers were the last time he played the Bengals, which was like like three years ago, and obviously, look, there's different personnel and those kinds of things, but he had seven catches for 220 yards or something, and that's like, I don't know, man. Like, I just I feel like this game is everybody's really focused on the Bengals' offensive line and the Rams' defensive line, but I think the Bengals have found ways to sort of offset that and in my mind I think that the matchup that I would be the most concerned about and being an unbiased person is the Bengals secondary because they don't have a Jalen Ramsey that they can use I mean at least you know that the the Bengals wide receiving core is sick right it's fucking sick but at least you can use Ramsey and sort of shut down half of the field whereas the, I don't think that the Bengals can do that to the Rams. So that would be the area for me that I'm probably the most focused on only because the Bengals have known for two years that their offensive line is terrible. Right. So it's like, it's not a secret to anybody. And I think they're going to, they're going to try to scheme things uh, to make, to, to, to offset that. So that's really where I'm looking. I think that's fair. Uh, just looking at the PFF grades in the postseason. Um, under pressure, and, and let's not forget that Cincinnati has a pretty formidable pass rush too with, with Hendrickson over there. They've they've gotten after the quarterback quite a bit. Burrow's a little bit better under pressure, I think, as you'd expect. Uh, he's got a 64.8 pass grade under pressure, where Stafford's a 49. And we've seen Stafford have the tendency to throw pick. You know, it's not always in the in the worst situations, but you know, he, he'll he'll lay it out there for him. You know, he threw one last week that hit Jaquiski Tart right right in the numbers. I, I don't think Jesse Bates is going to drop that one. True. You know, if, if, so if that happens, we could see that. And I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Ramsey. He's probably the best cornerback in the league. He gives up touchdowns too. You know, Mike Evans got him a few weeks ago for a touchdown. Guys like Chase, I, I, if you're going to single him up, I still think that I still think that Chase can be a problem. If if you're going to single him up with Ramsey, yeah. you might want to bracket him. But then you know you still have to deal with. You know, Higgins and uh, especially Boyd over the middle. If if he's in pressure situations, Boyd over the middle of the field with with that line getting up the field could be a nice soft spot for him. Something that yeah. they can go to quick in the quick game. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. First prediction, one or two words. I just want to know each of your thoughts. Will the halftime show live up to the hype? Absolutely. <laughs> Luke. Uh yeah, yeah, sure. Um I think it's demig- it's targeted right at us, so yeah. Yeah. It's the first one I'm going to watch in years, like yeah, from start to finish. Is, so this is the first musical act I've actually looked forward to in a Super Bowl, I think, ever. If I had kids, they might be scared when they saw me. <laughs> All right. Before we move to our predictions and things like that, a word from Masterworks. Want to make some money? How about you invest in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. All right. I guess we'll start with Luke Hopkins since you're the guest. 
pick a winner. I want to score. I want your keys to the game, and I want your uh, th- th- a big key to the game. We don't have to go too in depth here in who your MVP pick is. Let's go Bengals, thirty-three to twenty-seven. Uh, key to the game is Evan McPherson goes four for four again on field I love goals. It. Hidden. I don't know if it'll be a game winner again, but he'll hit at least one 50-plus yarder in a late situation, like the fourth quarter, that'll swing things or keep us in the game because he's done it every big win this season. I love it. Um, the MVP. MVP will be Joe Burrow. I mean, I know it's a boring pick, but because if Chase goes off, it's going to be because Burrow does heroics to get around the line. If we win, it's going to be because Burrow did some crazy stuff. Luke? All right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the Bengals, 37 to 36. Um, <clears throat> the key to this game is going to be Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think that uh, Chase and Burrow, they just have something special. I've been talking about it all postseason. I just think that they're going to find a way to figure something out, especially if they have a ball with a chance late. You know, Luke mentioned it with McPherson. You know, they don't have to go <laughs> super far to get him in range. So, um, and the MVP is going to be Joe Burrow. It's just harder to give it. You know, I think Chase is going to have a huge game, but it's going to be Burrow if they win. And I'm just, I'm just going with the better quarterback here. It's, it's been my strategy since the uh, the divisional round of the playoffs, and it's worked out well. So I'm going with the better quarterback. Give me the Bengals. I am conflicted, okay, because I do have a little bit of a love affair with the Bengals' offense with Joe Burrow. But it's really hard for me because the fucking Browns own the Bengals. <laughs> and it's it's really like I, my mind, my, my simple mind does not allow me for some reason to be able to kind of get past that hurdle. And I don't know if that really matters in this game. But what it does is it makes me undervalue the Bengals even though there's I have a love affair with Joe Burrow and that team and that offense it makes me undervalue and I think that Zach Taylor Taylor. I, I just I think that that is next to the defensive line that is probably the most glaring disadvantage on the field so I am going to say Rams 34 24 I think we see a defensive touchdown. I think we do see significant pressure on Joe Burrow. I think that Cooper Cup wins the MVP. If you look at what he's done in the playoffs, I mean, he in the games they win, he goes uh, well. In the obviously they've won every game in the playoffs, but in the in the last you know all this season, the games that they win, he he generally goes off. The guy's got 170 catches for 2,333 yards and like 20 touchdowns. I think we see a big game out of him, and um, I'll take it a step further. I think that out of these two teams, the Rams is the team, similar to what Luke was saying earlier, that's least likely to make the playoffs again next year, right? So I fully expect the Bengals to be right back in this situation uh, um, next year, but I just I think I think they're a year ahead of schedule. So I'm going Rams 34-24. Any final thoughts, Luke Hopkins? Uh just you know, who day boys. It's uh it's pretty exciting thinking about Sunday. Um I can't wait. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself if we win, but that's a long way away. Let's 
win another game against a team that's probably wildly better than us and see what happens. <laughs> We're pulling for you, man. Good luck. Best of luck, buddy. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. All right, bud. People like Josh Allen. What can I say? It's not just me. Hey, he's good. All right. So, yeah, before we move on, uh, my Rams buddy, Marcus, did send me his pick. He predicted that the Rams will win 31-20. And uh, he went on to say that Staff and Donald get their first rings. And he predicted they will have a few within the next three to four years, at least two. That's ludicrous. <laughs> shout out marcus <clears throat> yeah shout out shout out to you marcus all right before we move to the nba a word from nordvpn what's more important than peace of mind nothing and that's what nordvpn is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online and with all the threats that you face today on the internet it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best vpn you can get NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V. Get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free and it's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All right, let's talk NBA trade deadline. The trade deadline is, what, Thursday? This show will come out on Thursday. What time is it at Thursday? Like 5 or 6 o'clock in, in the afternoon? Yeah, it's somewhere either 4, 5, or 6, something like that. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the moves that have happened already. There was a big move that happened over the weekend with the Cavs. There was a, a big move, I guess, kind of insignificant, but a big move that happened today between the Kings and the Pacers. There was another big move that happened between the Blazers and the Pelicans. So just kind of review those and give everybody a heads up on what's happened so far. Yeah, so uh, Levert goes to the Cavs. Cavs get back a, a second with Levert, and they send two seconds and this year's first. Um, so basically a first, a second, a pick swap, and the Cavs end up with Levert, which fills a pretty big need. I think Cavs fans should be ready for him to hijack a few possessions per game. It's kind of just the way he is. But uh, – we were 29th, I believe, in the league in scoring off drives. And uh, Karis Lefert, I think, was like third or fourth in the league at scoring on drives. So, I mean, he, he comes in and, like, we desperately need what he brings to the table. But you just got to kind of take the good with the bad in the trade deadline. Um, you know, I, but I think it's a guy that they want to keep around. It's a guy that I think that they see for the, for the future. And the good thing about it is if it doesn't work out is his contract lines up with Kevin Love. So, Cleveland looked famously not a, a free agent destination unless – you know, the greatest player of all time happens to be born 40 minutes away. But, you know, those two contracts come off the books at the same time in 2023 when, coincidentally, uh, LeBron James does become a free agent. But, you know, that's for a different a different, uh, a different, show. But I, I think that he fits nice. Do you have any thoughts on, on Levert to the Cavs? He's Michigan, man. <laughs> hey, I knew that was coming. And, and he's from Columbus, so that you, you know he's petty already. So, I, you, know, you know, we like that over here. Yeah, I like that. You know we like that over here. 
All right, the other two moves real quick, the the ones that went down today, I guess. Yeah, it looks like Griff just trying to like save his job here, trying to trying to keep um trying to keep his job trading for McCollum. I like I like CJ. I think he's a nice sure. player. I don't know what they're doing though. You know, I I think Zion Ingram and and CJ is nice. I don't know if Zion's ever going to play. <laughs> When's he going to play? Ingram has missed time with an injury. CJ was hurt earlier this year. He yeah. collapsed long or pierced long or something like that. But um, I'm not sure really what to make of that trade other than the Blazers are are shutting it down um, after they traded uh, Norm Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers. And, uh, you know, now now uh, McCollum's out the door, so it looks like they're going to shut down just shut down Dame for the year, tank a little bit, and, uh, you know, try and build around Dame for the future. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have much on that one. And then yeah, the Pacers and the Kings. So this was a weird. This is a weird trade. Weird. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, let's see here. So I'm going to make sure I get all the players right. They traded the Pacers have traded Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and our old buddy Tristan Thompson. Sabonis is the best player in the deal. Yes, but Indiana Sabonis, got the best haul. Right. Which is like just super crazy. It's just weird. The the Kings kind of pushed all their chips into the to the middle and were like, all right, we're gonna go for it. But they're twenty and thirty five. Like they're like all in for like a spot in the uh, the play in. I I don't know. But I guess if if you're the Pacers, you're looking at this and you're like, well, if Sabonis really wanted out, I mean, you could do a whole lot worse than Tyrese Halliburton. So they got a nice piece to build around. And I don't think they're done making moves yet either. You know, they still have Miles Turner. I'm pretty sure that that he's he's heading out, but they they kind of hold all the cards here. I mean, I doubt Tristan ever plays plays for them. He's yeah. probably a buyout candidate. But Buddy Heald is a guy. You know, shooters are always wanted, especially at the deadline. And uh, you know, again, they have Miles Turner, so they still have a few deals to be made before Thursday. Well, the word on the street was that LeBron or the Lakers had a deal in place preseason for Buddy Heald and LeBron nixed it because he wanted Russell Westbrook. Well, and, and that sort of gets into my next couple questions. Names being Well, DeRozan named, thought he was going too. Yeah. DeRozan thought he was going to be on the Lakers, and then right. they nixed that for, for Westbrook as well. But, like, who needs to make a move the most? I mean, it's it's the Lakers, right? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, of the teams that I think we believe are, like, real contenders, I yeah, it's, it's got to be. That's <laughs> Yeah, right, right. I mean, they, but they have no other choice. I mean, they have no motivation to tank, right? So, like, they have to kind, they have to, they have to make a move. They just have to, you know. It might not be something spicy. I don't even know if it'll help them, but they have to do something. They can't just stand pat just because they get nothing. They don't have their picks. They get nothing out of tanking, so they have to do something. Well, what are some other names that are being rumored to move? I mean, nobody. Like, Dennis Schroeder is a popular one. Yeah, that's one that I heard. Um. You know, Buddy Heald was one was another one, but obviously he moved. I mean, here's the thing: a lot of the players. Eric Gordon been, is is a hot one, but yeah, he's not Gordon. really on, not on the Lakers. But like really a lot of these radar. guys that have been moved, I didn't think the Blazers were going to move CJ. I definitely didn't see this move coming. The Indiana and Kings move now. The Levert thing to the Cavs has been rumored for a while, and that was kind of one that 
you thought was coming. You know, they I had heard uh, late last week that they were in discussions, but they wanted the Cavs to include Sexton, and that was an absolute deal breaker. So I guess that was, was, that's a great that the Cavs didn't have to give up yes. any of the young guys. So basically, guess, basically just traded, you know, a first round pick for him. Yeah. So I guess I was a little surprised that the Cavs had made that move only because I thought Indiana was going to stand pat. And historically, the Cavs in Indiana, if you go back to when LeBron was here, there was a, a, a trade for Paul George for Kyrie or for Kevin Love that was agreed to by Dan Gilbert and the owner. Oh, uh, yeah, it was and, Kevin Love. And the GM, like, nixed it. Now, I don't know who the GM is there. It might not even be the same guy, but... I don't know. I was a little bit surprised over the weekend when when that came to light. So, yeah, and then there's there's one more name that we haven't talked about, James Harden. Yeah. I mean, obviously not in play for the Lakers. Uh, I think we know we know who it, it, this is a uh, just a straight up Brooklyn and Philadelphia 76ers conversation here. Do you think that trade happens before Thursday? I'm gonna say no. I think the only way that Brooklyn could get worse. Or be in a worse, get worse is the wrong, put themselves in a worse situation, like, is to inject Ben Simmons into that mix. Like, you got Kyrie entitled Ben Simmons and angry Kevin Durant. The dynamics of that whole team, I mean, that's the reason. They've lost eight, nine, ten games in a row or something. Man, if I was Philadelphia, I mean, I certainly want that deal to happen, but you know, the, the Sixers and the, the Nets might play in the playoffs. I think you want the trade to happen. If you're both teams, Man. you know, Ben Simmons coming off, coming off what he's coming off of. I think he's going to be right in line. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be, and look, they're not going to need him to do stuff that he doesn't want to do. He, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to shoot threes. They got a bunch of guys that want to shoot threes. He doesn't want to, you know, he wants to get the ball up later in games. They've got two guys that hit big sh- that have hit huge, huge shots on the big on the NBA's biggest stage. He doesn't have to do any of that stuff. All he kind of has to do is be a six foot ten Draymond Green, come in, play defense like he always has, distribute the ball. You know, you're not gonna have you're not gonna be asked to do anything in crunch time situations because of KD and Kyrie. Harden's kind of already quit on him. I mean, you mentioned eight, nine, ten losing. I think it's uh, let's see, they've lost eight in a row. A lot of that's because Harden's just straight up not playing. <laughs> You know, and when he does play, he ain't trying. And we've seen how this happens with with, with him. When he's done, he's done. I now, think it's interesting if, if, if that you're, you're Nets, blaming this on James Harden. No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying that he's a big part of it. You know, obviously Why KD's not mad? there. Ky- Why is James Harden mad? Why because he doesn't he like mad? Brooklyn. No. Because he doesn't like Brooklyn. Doesn't like that they fucking catered to Kyrie and pulled this fucking shit and let him play, do whatever the fuck he wanted to. He's not happy about the Kyrie situation. Well, he has he has a direct hand in, in making sure that they're good, and he just is just like fuck it, you know, he's out. Yeah, but I mean, I would agree look. I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Kyrie is blameless. Like it, it, you know, it's all three of them. And look, KD is blameless. He's hurt. You know, there's not much you can do there. Uh, what is this sprained MCL? I think. But yeah, I mean, Kyrie's not blameless. But and look, if you if you're Brooklyn, you're not certainly certainly you're not saying, oh yeah, I'll just swap Harden for for Simmons. You know, Philly's going to have to come with more than just Simmons to to get Harden, which is kind of weird, kind of weird to say that. I don't know. I mean, do they? Like to your point, yeah. 
I feel but, like, but but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think I don't think the trade is going to happen either because Daryl's yeah. not. He's just not going to be like, why should I have to? Like you're just saying, why should I have to give up more for a guy that's like clearly not trying? It's like, well, look, man, we know the deal. You guys want to be with each other, you know? Like right. we, we, that's the deal. That was the whole reason that you know Philly, he kind of ended up at Philly because they wanted to get James Harden, and they're going to get him. It's whether it's just a case of whether it's you know this week or if it's over the summer. Right? Why wouldn't? But it's like I just feel like if I'm Daryl Morey, I call up whoever the GM of the Nets is, and I say, Sean Marks. Sean Marks. Sean, it's Daryl. I got a problem. You got a problem. Let's take each other's problems off our hands. You know, I mean, I just I mean, feel like that's the way to go about it. Yeah, he could. And and like I said, I, I don't think the trade is going to happen because of that. Like if I if if I'm Brooklyn, I'm not I'm not just making that swap. I want I want sweeteners, but their guy's playing. The other guy, I'm sure that the mental health stuff is completely above board. I'm not putting anything past him. I'm just yeah. saying. You know, he hasn't played. He hasn't played. So Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to play. But I also don't think, yeah, I don't think the trade is happening. I would like it. It would be fun. It's, it gives us something to talk about. It's fun, but I don't think it's happening. Anything else? You know, I really want to make a move in the challenge. I've been wanting to for the last couple of weeks. But you ready to I, cut the Lakers? I, I, I'm just, I'm so against making a move with the number one overall pick in the hopes that like, I, I guess I want to see what happens at the trade deadline, but I'm going to go ahead and I, I usually play these pretty close to the vest, but I'm going to tell you that, you know, there could be a move coming next week. Other than that, I'm pretty much set. Like I've, I feel really good about what I got. So. Yeah. I like, I like what I got. I mean, Phoenix is a clear, is the clear uh, title favorite right now? And Golden um, State. Eh. I have yeah, the two. I have it. the two favorites. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm not and, really worried about Golden State. <laughs> either way, either way, neither. I mean, both of them aren't coming out. So, who's coming out? The Lakers. No, I mean, both of them aren't coming out of the West. They can't. Oh, right. it's just Only one, one of them, them can. Yeah. But so. I mean, we've got it set up very similar to the way we had the the NFL challenge set yeah. up, where you had the AFC and I sort of had the <laughs> NFC. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to play out. Not think it is. It's going to play out very similar. I guess I have an opportunity to get one of the Eastern Conference teams. Let's see what they do. If they do move Ben Simmons for James Harden, I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, I think that'll be enough to get me to cut bait with the Lakers. But let's see if the Lakers somehow find a way to pull off. Like, what if the Lakers trade for Damian Lillard? Like, what if Portland goes into full tank mode and they're and somehow they're able to talk them into taking what Russell Westbrook or something? You know, like what? What? I'm just saying, what if? I mean, that's never gonna happen. But yeah, I, I I can't even entertain it because it's just not even possible. <laughs> All right. That's it for today. Upcoming, we got NFL offseason after the Super Bowl this week. Combine draft, free agency, all that great stuff. Lots more NBA. We'll do uh, – we got the uh, the All-Star game coming up, so we'll do a little bit of a uh, mid-season recap, if you will, and revisit our, our preseason predictions and all that and potentially make some modifications to who we think is going to win the title and those kinds of things. For all you pop culture lovers and nerds out there, Zero Dark Nerdy, it's another podcast we're affiliated with. 
follow them on social media, listen to them on the Believe Podcast Network, on social media, Facebook at Zero Dark Nerdy, on Instagram at ZDN underscore podcast. Don't forget about us at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And we are presented by Masterworks, NordVPN, and as always, the one and only betonline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Go get your bets and shout out to Athens native Joey B. Joe Boom! Somebody suck me! For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.